Hey, everybody. Welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. We hope you're enjoying a relaxing week, time at home. We hope you're getting a bit of a break. This week, we're taking a break. We are counting down our top five Hallmark movies of the year, but these do not include Christmas countdown to Christmas movies. Just straight up regular Hallmark original movies. Yes? Indeed. So we hope you'll re-listen to some of our reviews of these movies. Maybe you've heard them before. Maybe you haven't. Email us at meganandwendy at gmail.com with your thoughts on the best movies of the year and hop into our Facebook group, Girls Gone Hallmark, to chat about it. We'll be back in January with brand new episodes. Bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a bonus episode of Long Story Short, the podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. And today we're talking about Just One Kiss, which premiered premiered on Saturday, April 2nd on the Hallmark Channel as part of Hallmark's Spring Into Love lineup. Before we get into our thoughts on this movie, we wanted to invite you to join our brand new Just for Hallmark fans exclusive Facebook group called Girls Gone Hallmark. You can find it by searching Girls Gone Hallmark or we've made it easy for you and there's a link in our show notes and you can follow it right there and request to join. Or you can send us an email at meganandwendy at gmail.com anytime with your thoughts on the movies, our, our reviews, anything that's on your mind. You know what I've noticed? What? Is that we get emails sometimes for this type of podcast episode, our Hallmark episodes, and we get emails for our regular Tuesday just talking about life podcast. Mm-hmm. And the Hallmark fans pull no punches. Uh, you think (laughs) (laughs) they're very protective of their movies and their actors and their universe and i appreciate it i appreciate that you have very strong feelings for it but it is a remarkable difference it it definitely is and i'm not offended by it like everybody can have their opinion about it i mean but don't come with me like talking badly about uh you know hallmark's move towards diversity then oh, we, no 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 then no. we if might tell have me some the words. movies are too woke i'm out yeah exactly um i wanted to remind listeners because some people are brand new to our podcast and i i wanted to take a quick second and remind them the provenance of this podcast how this even started mm-hmm. because people <laughs> may think like you're a hallmark seasoned regular I'm really not. I mean, you are now, but this started because in October 2020, Wendy had never seen a single Hallmark movie. And I would consider myself a Hallmark movie fan, but will admit that mostly that meant I was watching Countdown to Christmas movies and not catching very many throughout the year. And so we started from a place of absolutely no Hallmark knowledge and like casual Hallmark watcher knowledge and have become, I would say, quite well versed in the Hallmark universe. I mean, quite well versed, maybe not so much because we were talking specifically about uh, an actor who was in a movie late last year and I was like, I can't even, re- can't even remember what movie that was. <laughs> I can't even remember who the actor was. So I would consider myself like not versed at all. All right. Fair enough. Okay. All Let's right. Let's talk about this movie. Yeah. 
Do you have a synopsis for just one kiss? I sure do. Sparks fly between Professor Mia and lounge singer Tony through a series of chance encounters. Little do they know their mothers are scheming to set them up. Stars Krista Rodriguez and Santino Fontana. All right. Let's talk about some news and notes about Just One Kiss. We'll give it to us. So first of all, this was written by Nina Weinman, who is a prolific Hallmark writer. She's up there in terms of my favorite Hallmark writers. I will forgive her for Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater because we did get (laughs) Don't Go Breaking My Heart last year. And also, I think this movie is a gem. So they can't all be hits out of the park. Sure, sure. Of course, it was filmed in Vancouver, Canada. And the movie began filming on January 28th. Whoa! Tight turnaround. There's Hallmark with their quick turnarounds. Did you think that some of the exterior shots had real movie set backlot vibes to you? Absolutely. And I almost thought, like, are they filming this? Like, you know, what is it? Universal Studios here? Right. Or, like you know the Warner I mean? Brothers backlot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I definitely thought that. Like, these are supposed to be the streets of New York. Not the streets, but, you know, like a New York neighborhood or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know if there is some sort of lot situation somewhere in Vancouver that they use for some of these exterior shots, or if these are all just exterior street, street shots that they're using. But specifically like outside when they're walking through the city it felt very much like a, like a luke's diner on the back lot of mm-hmm. the warner brothers studio situation totally totally this was directed by jeff beasley who is on a hallmark movie directing tear he directed movies recently like love strikes twice and a kiss before christmas which was the terry hatcher movie mm-hmm. he had done a lot of tv producing but for the last few years he's just been tv movie tv movie tv movie He must work pretty much nonstop, it seems like, lately. Wow. I was looking at the Instagram of some of the actors in this movie, and I saw that they had stayed at Sutton Place, which Mm. is a downtown Vancouver hotel. And I'm going to reference something that probably only Megan knows, but I was recently listening to the podcast, Nobody's Listening, right? Mm -hmm. With Elizabeth and Andy. And she was, she's a, she writes for um, that show, A Million Little Lies, A Million Little Lies. No. Is that what it's called? What's it called? (laughs) A Million Little Things. That's it. (laughs) Why did I think A Million Little Lies? Where did that come from? Big Little Lies. That's it. Anyway, she's a writer on that show. And she recently went to Canada and she was telling this story that like, if you're in entertainment and you are going to Vancouver for work, everybody stays at the Sutton. So I thought it was pretty funny that I saw that these other actors in a Hallmark movie were also staying at the Sutton. And hello, if you're like a huge fan and you want to go see some actors and some actresses, go to the Sutton Hotel in Vancouver. good tip. I bumped on that as well. And I wonder if I've seen that mentioned in other news bits about Hallmark movies and just not registered it because I hadn't just recently heard that hotel mentioned on a podcast that was like worlds colliding right there. Totally. Totally. Um, We talked about Santino Fontana, one of the stars of this movie. He plays Tony. He is the voice of Hans in Frozen. Wendy knows him as the voice of Joe in the audiobook You. But what I just learned, he's also a Tony Award winner. Oh, I thought for sure you had known that. I did don't not. you don't you you're very much up on the Tony Awards Broadway 
It, I mean, I enjoy a Broadway show, but I don't have the names of the Tony Award winners memorized, but he won for a role in Tootsie. Yeah, that I saw closed in like February 2020. Yikes. Right? Like, I was like, I wonder why that closed. Uh, I mean, I maybe it was at the end of the run. I don't yeah, know. I think but... it's too early for it to have been COVID related. Yeah, I think so too. Um, here's a side note. I was looking on IMDb and there were a ton of comments that criticized his voice for not being that good in this movie. And I was like, <gasps> what? This oh. is a Tony Award winning actor. <laughs> like, yeah. He's got the voice. Yeah, I thought he was great. Me too. Krista Rodriguez plays Mia. Mm hmm. I learned that she is a real-life breast cancer survivor and was diagnosed at 30 years old. I did not know that. Yeah. She was also known for being in the NBC show Smash with Catherine McPhee. Uh-huh. Did you watch that show? I've seen a few episodes. Uh, she was also on Broadway in A Chorus Line, In the Heights, and The Adams Family, but... She's an Orange County girl, born here in the city of Orange, and went to OSHA High School, which is Who Orange County knew? High School of the Arts. Yes. What fun information you found. I know. See, I tried to dig a little deeper this week. <laughs> I'd like to say that Maddie Finocchio, Girls Gone Hallmark fave, is becoming the Where's Waldo of Hallmark movies. <laughs> Seriously, right? And I'm still telling you justice for Maddie because... The, the man needs a lead role in a movie. A hundred percent agree. Take him out of the best friend role. Although I do think they are giving him things to do beyond just like funny one liners. I want him in a lead role. Mm -hmm. I got one more tiny little news and note for you. And mm -hmm. I want to get your opinion. Ada Turturro and Ileana Douglas, who play the mothers in this movie... Ada is known for playing Janice on The Sopranos, and she I think she's Tony's sister on The Sopranos, mm -hmm. and Ileana, she's got, like, a deep resume of TV shows and movies. She's always, like, I totally recognize her face from so many things, mm -hmm. but here's the thing. They are each 59 and 56 years old. Okay. And they are playing the roles of moms like older moms who are spoiler alert dead yeah i want to talk about that but so you think they're playing roles in which they're older than they actually are yeah and it kind of bums me out because this is again where these are actors with big resumes who i feel like don't have a place in in movies and TV anymore, except for these like super geriatric roles. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, but is it possible that a 59 year old has a daughter, has a 12 year old granddaughter? I mean, I think you know if you have your kids at 22, and then you've got a 30 something year old daughter who has a 12 year old. I mean, I think it's, I think it's possible. But yes, I do think. But you are they're correct. dead, but they're dead. They are dead. They are dead. They didn't. They didn't say like who knows. It could have been early deaths. Whatever. You know what I mean. But I don't think so. I think these are just supposed to be parents who have passed on, like they passed in their sleep of old age. 
Yeah, just old age. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just weirded out by it. Like, I, give them a second chance at love movie. They don't need yes. to be playing, like, a super old lady who's dead now. Sure. Whatever. That's my two cents on it. I'll take it. Moving okay. on, what's your first impression of this movie? My first impression is, are you ready for it? I am. <laughs> Brava. Yeah. What was yeah. yours? Uh, mine is, this appears to be the year of the Italian grandma on Hallmark. Oh, I have some thoughts about that. Or questions, mostly. Okay. So I want, because we just talked about this, to start with one like. And this isn't quite the late-in-life second chance at love story. We're not getting the love stories of the grandmothers in these movies. But we aren't getting first love, young love, either. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is kind of a middle ground. They've both, uh, Mia was married. She has a daughter. Tony had a long-term relationship. They're both well into adulthood. So we're getting a mix. We're getting a mix of ages here. I'm telling you, somebody is listening to our podcast. Yeah, I liked we, it. We've been asking for it. I liked this movie a lot because the dialogue was sharp mm-hmm. and I gotta give that to Nina Weinman for for writing a good movie I thought it had a great cast and the music was so like just made me happy to watch mm-hmm. it it just mm-hmm. made me so happy I was a little bit nervous about the music knowing that the songs were going to be in it and I loved the way they were woven throughout the movie We have, you know, Nick performing in his little club and we have them in their dreams and then him singing at the old folks home. And then they have a little bit of a moment where they sing together on Mm -hmm. the roof. I thought they did such a nice job. I was a little bit worried that it was going to be like breaking into song, singing in the rain style, dancing down the sidewalk. And I'm glad we didn't have that. Oh, I like that. (laughs) I... Just think that's perhaps hard to execute well sometimes. Uh, sure, but let me say, like, a Christmas waltz did it really well when they were dancing in the street. Yes. Um, you know, in the city street or whatever. Like, that was one of my favorite scenes in one of my favorite movies. So it can be done. Mm-hmm. But I but I hear you. Like, you, did, you were worried it was going to get, like, a little too cop rock. That's a real throwback. I just didn't want it to feel like we were in the middle of a staged musical. Yeah. Where they all of a sudden start singing their feelings. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. I loved this line from Nick who says, you walk into the middle of someone's life. You can't expect them not to have one. Mia is apologizing for Casey's presence and how that complicates things. And I thought that was such a great line. Isn't it? I mean, it's such a relatable line. That's, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And and I feel like that's kind of a wink and a nod to, like, you know, typical Hallmark movies where, like, you know, worlds get turned upside down because people actually have lives before they meet each other. Oh, you had an ex-boyfriend? Oh, my God. You know? Yes. So. Well, and speaking of a wink and a nod to Hallmark movie, I feel the entire title and then the running thought of how can you know that he's the one after just one kiss mm-hmm. was also kind of a little bit of a nudge to Hallmark. We get the kiss at the end and everyone lives happily ever after. And I liked that. I agree. 
I don't know if you noticed, but the interior apartments were super cool in this movie. Yes. Totally different and contemporary compared to like what we've seen on typical sets. Mm -hmm. I liked it. I mean, I don't think she's getting an apartment for that price, though. Not in New York City. (laughs) As a professor. No, I don't think so. But I loved her apartment. I loved I thought it was great. And uh, there were so many, like, shots of the New York skyline. And I freaking love New York. So I was just mm-hmm. like, I want to go back. I want to go back. I love it there. I d- it was so pretty. I have one more small like before I get to a big thing that I want to talk about. And okay. I liked Uncle Harry and his can't get enough Gaga. I just thought he was <gasps> fun. That's what I'm talking about. Those lines being, yes. like, good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really liked it. Would you like to talk about the twist? Well, Sure. We can save it. Do you have it in a better spot? No, I have it in the like spot, actually. Me too. Uh, I didn't see it coming. Okay. Was I not paying attention closely? I didn't see it coming either. However, as I'm watching, sometimes I'm also doing a little research on the movie while it's playing. And I'm looking at the IMDb page. And there's a synopsis, I believe. And it says something about spirits. And it names the mothers. And I thought, Uh oh, wait. And then I didn't, I, so I didn't continue reading that. And then I start watching it and I go, wait a minute. That answers so many questions. Like, how come they didn't see them when they were in the club? And how come they, nobody heard them talking at normal voices when they're in the movie theater? (laughs) And then I rewound because there's only one scene. Where I believe Mia's mother is in the scene with her, and that's when they're looking at the apartment. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Watched it, and they never speak to each other. Mia echoes a lot of her mom's thoughts. Her mom's like, "Look, you can see the Brooklyn Bridge," and Mia goes, "Wow, look at that view." So it feels like they're bantering, but they're they never interact. They never look at each other, and I did not see it coming either is what I'm saying but as soon as I realized it then I watched the rest of that movie through that eye well that was a real sixth sense moment there when they were in the uh, apartment together yes. right yeah how funny I didn't now that you mention it yeah wow um like I said I didn't see it coming and I got super choked up <laughs> when when they like off together like the two moms went off together because their job was done and then like Mia and Tony have like a moment about like wishing that their moms were there and I was like oh my god I thought it was so good yeah I thought it was great it was really well done it did not even looking back it doesn't feel cheesy I thought they were really funny I liked how they both talked up their own kids but then when it came to the other ones they're like yeah he's all right (laughs) yeah so then let's move on to what did you wish for from just one kiss my wish is more of a complaint okay um and i guess i can frame it in the form of a wish and it is i wish that casey didn't suck so much that's the ex-husband yes okay so i have something similar (laughs) i wrote Less stalkery, estranged husband. Indeed. He was a nightmare. Like, go away. Dude. Like, I know he's dealing with a bunch of stuff and he didn't want their relationship to end. But uh, have some boundaries. Like, you are a nightmare. 
She's divorcing you. She's told you over and over again that she's done and that she does not trust you. And you, even if you're holding out hope that you might someday get back together, this is not the way to do it. Yeah. He was a nightmare, like, showing up on her doorstep and, like, yeah, yeah, nope. And then, like, kind of, like, badgering Tony a little bit when they uh, were in her kitchen. Oh, a lot. When he shows up, when he brings the daughter home and Mia has to leave the room and he's like, I don't know what you're doing here. And, oh, yeah, he's a jerk. Yeah, I didn't didn't like him at all. Mm -mm. Did you wish for anything Uh, else? I had one, and... I wonder if it's just me or maybe this goes back to the IMDb reviews about Santino Fontana's voice. Mm. I thought the sound might have been off just a little bit because when he sang like in the lounge scenes, he was very loud, like Mm. almost shouting loud a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I just thought is maybe his voice is like too loud for the music playing and that didn't translate well over tv i don't know it could have just been a personal thing i have to play my tv really loud because especially this one i didn't have subtitles on it so i gotta you know i gotta can't miss anything Mm -hmm. so it was loud on my end Hmm, i did not notice that okay it's time for did you see that i have a couple things Uh, to say okay i'm excited first uh uh-huh Nick and Mia are in a bar and a fan comes up to Nick and (laughs) tells him how her music just changed her life. And then she says, can I get a picture for my blog? What? (laughs) Can we not say Instagram? Is that? Oh, maybe they can't say Instagram. But she could have said for my social media. You yeah, know. or just, can I get a picture? Everyone knows what the picture's for. But can I get a picture for my blog? Not saying blogs don't exist. I just feel like that reference is maybe 10 years too late. Yeah. Because we're Did not f- blogging our daily lives anymore. Did it feel like a personal attack a little bit? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have a blog. It's at Megan I and Wendy. I know, but we... <laughs> com. Yeah. We do have a blog, but I'm not blogging like... And today, I'm at... Joe, yeah. um, no, I thought it, I thought it was odd. I <laughs> okay. thought it was odd. Um, uh, go ahead. I only had one little one, and we talked about it. You mentioned it, hit on it just quickly, but I was wondering why the why the moms were talking so loudly in the movie theater yeah. when everybody else got <laughs> shushed. You know, I was like, "What? Why? Why are they? Why are they allowed to like shout at each?" No, they weren't shouting, but you know, they weren't watching the movie. But now I know in the end that yeah, they were not there really. Looking back, it feels very obvious because they she moves into a new apartment. Her mom doesn't come. They're across the street all the time. They're in the bar and they never notice. They're in the bar twice. And one time they're so close to them. This is when I already knew um, what was happening. But I was like, okay, it feels like they're like, hello, you haven't figured out what's going on at this point. We cannot make it any more obvious to you. Yeah. Um, but that said, I would not have guessed it if I had not seen it written. Two things. One, and this, in Nick's dream, he has two dreams about Mia. And in the second one, 
it's kind of a nightmare because Casey comes and steals her away. Uh-huh. But you hear her singing and you see her singing, but what she is singing is not what we hear. Oh, I didn't notice. And I don't know if that was because things were starting to go wrong. So what he was hearing was not what was happening. I don't know if that was intentional or if they just dubbed the music incorrectly. But it's very clear that she's not singing whatever it is you're hearing. Ah, interesting. The last one is just a funny little one. Casey is cooking in Mia's kitchen. And I don't even remember what he's making veal something oh he has, yes he, he was a, making veal parmesan or something like yes. that yes i remember uh-huh he, he has a towel over his shoulder did, did you notice that's the towel i have hanging in my kitchen no i didn't i didn't <laughs> it's it's my little gray home goods towel that i love so much oh the set decorators are shopping at home goods huh oh, yeah i was like i have that towel oh too funny okay i just want to ask you quickly about the italian grandmas that's what you talked about at the very beginning your first impression. Do you remember we had a an, a writer in her who mentioned that she was a little bit offended by like the uh, bad Italian stereotypes? Yes. So I really I hope that she's listening and I hope she writes into the show because I'm really curious about what her uh, opinions are on this movie and then also, the other movie that we're going to review. Uh, Always Amore. Yes. What what her thoughts are there. I do remember exactly what you're talking about. Um, I think that in this movie, they play up the stereotypes more than they do in Always Amore. I'm just curious. I'm curious. So if you're listening, please email us. Indeed. Are you ready to rate this movie? Yes. Are we doing this new thing where we say it at the same time again? Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Four and a half stars. Whoa! (laughs) Get out! For real five stars, huh? Actually, I had four and a half in my head, but I was like, that's going to be hard to say at the same time. (laughs) Oh, God. You're so weird. Um, I thought it was a great movie. Was it perfect? Maybe not. But it's definitely a four and a half, five star, great Hallmark movie for me. Me too. Like I said, brava. That was good. It was real good. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. As always, we love your feedback. You can find us, um, you can email us, Wendy at gmail.com, or you can pop into our Facebook group and chat about what you thought about this movie. Don't forget to come back tomorrow because this week is a twofer. We will be discussing Always Amore, a Hallmark Movies and Mysteries movie. So don't miss that tomorrow. And until then, have a great week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.